The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansack. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We are two games into the AL Division Series against the Tampa Bay Rays. One great, one really bad and dumb. This team can't get through a single playoff series without trying some tricks. And this time around, it decidedly did not work. And we're looking at Masahiro Tanaka in Game 3 Wednesday night in a 1-1 series. Thomas, confidence levels better than they were before the series, uh, worse than they were before the series, and obviously worse than they were after Game 1. Where are you? I'm pretty fine. I'm fine where I'm back at start, still feeling okay. I think that... Look, I love all you guys. I think you're a fool if you thought we were going 2-0 uh, up early in this series. It just wasn't going to happen. That's not how the Rays roll. That's not how we ever play the Rays. Um, you could argue that Tanaka perhaps could have gotten the win um, in game two. Uh, but then, you know, we, we didn't hit the ball well last night. Uh, only five hits. Yes, we got five runs. One of those was, you know, a, a garbage run in the not, – not really a garbage run, but – you know, we, we had four runs going into the ninth inning. The Rays had put up seven. I know that's a different story because perhaps the Rays don't put up seven on Tanaka, but we don't know. Four runs with Tanaka on the mound could very well not be enough, and our bullpen is a little bit shaky outside of the, the top guys. So I don't know. I was not banking on going up 2-0. I like the plan that Boone did. I mean, it wasn't just Boone. This had to have been the front office in on this as well uh, with pulling Davey after the first and going with Hap. Um, but now we have a confirm, and we'll talk about the silver linings in a minute, but now we know we can never rely on Jay Happ again, and I think that's the end of the story. Yeah, and we may never see him again. Folks, if you want to listen to more Jay Happ discourse, 
We recommend that you find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever your podcasts are played. Uh, because apparently we now have to talk about, we are, we are cursed into having to talk about J-Hap for the rest of time. Uh, the man will not go away. And yes, let's, let's talk uh, a pitching plan a little bit, obviously, because the story on everybody's lips after game two was the fact that as we prepared to see Davey Garcia be the youngest Yankees postseason starter in history, he still registered as that, set the record, congrats to him, beat Whitey Ford. But his start was four batters long, featured a Randy Rosarena home run that came after some poor strike calls by C.B. Buckner that allowed the at-bat to continue. And then he barehanded a ground ball back to the mound and threw to first for the third out. And that was the last time we saw Davey Garcia because the plan was always for Jay Happ to piggyback him and thusly saving Garcia, you'd, you'd think, for a, for a game four appearance and maybe some more extended work in that contest after giving the Rays a little preview of his stuff, but not too much. Once again, he only faced four batters. Um, the heart of the plan, I will say, I, I do not despise the plan at its core. Um, they were going to have to use the, – the dirty reality is they were going to have to use J-Hap at some point in this series. They do not have enough pitching to win the division series against the Tampa Bay Rays without using J-Hap at some point. So whether that is a game four start in which the series is tilted 2-1 in somebody's direction – or this bizarro game two plan, Hap was going to have to be a part of the winning strategy for this series unless the Yankees swept it. So in that instance, saying we just need Jay Hap to pitch well once in this series, we're going to try to optimize it, and we're going to put him behind Davey Garcia with as many lefty batters as the Rays can muster, um, you know, setting him up better than if he had just started the game. Counterpoint, though, the Yankees had won game one. They were in the power position they were not the team that needed to play from behind and try a desperation move like this dirty trick and a flip-flop. Uh, also, the Rays aren't some, you know, the Rays are known for their back control and their exceptional hitting ability. The Rays aren't some team that's very susceptible to lefty-lefty, and it's not like adding a lefty is going to neutralize them completely and you were, you were throwing the rug out from under them. And it's not as if Jay Happ is some devastating lefty uh, and that was on display as the Rays' lefty hitters went five for eight against Jay Happ. And he threw Mike Zanino, the righty, who was probably looking to feast against a lefty pitcher, an absolute meatball, uh, which was tattooed into the left field seats for a home run that made it a 3-1. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Game ...and was kind of the first blow that made you go, oh, this whole thing didn't account for J-Hap not being very good. So I, I, I you know, you know that Hap's going to have to appear in this series? Probably, because you don't think you're going to sweep the Rays. But at the same time, when you're up 1-0, you can play as if you're going to sweep the Rays. Because if you play to win three times and do that, then you never have to see Jay Happ. So I don't disagree with the plan in theory, but I do disagree with the fact that the Yankees played game two as if they were playing from behind. And now they got where they always wanted, uh, a 1-1 series with Tanaka and Garcia in probably in three and four. Uh, it felt like they were planning that way ever since they went up 1-0, though, which I do not agree with. 
I don't know if I agree with you because if they Go were playing, it. if they were playing from behind and managed to do this and thought that this was a viable plan to steal a game from the Rays, I, I mean, I would have turned the game off in the second inning because we're, if I don't know in what world we're going to rely on Jay Happ to come through and shut down a Rays lineup when we absolutely need a win, theoretically, you know, after dropping uh, a game one. The, Ray, the, the strategy here was good. I think it was a little bit try-hard. Um, but when you look at the splits, if you want to talk stats, Rays slashing 224, 326, 363 with 30 runs scored, eight home runs and 30 RBIs and only in 201 at-bats this year. Uh, they're left-handed hitters versus left-handed pitchers. Like you said, the problem here, Jay Happ is not an intimidating lefty. This would have been more suited for a James Paxton. Would have been great if he was healthy, but for him, poor yeah. guys, poor guys, still on the shelf. Uh, I we think a lot of people thought it might have been James Paxton because uh, one of our articles was blowing up last night during the game when Hap came in uh, about Hap, uh, Paxton not being on the ALDS roster and it hurting the Yankees. Um, but I don't know. I like the attempt at getting creative. Uh, clearly he just didn't get the job done and that's not really any surprise because he doesn't get the job done when you need him to. And then he'll, you know, twirl eight shutout innings against the Mets when it's the last thing you expect when you need a win. Um, Five hits, three walks, doesn't get through three innings, throws 70 pitches like, and this guy has the gall to complain earlier in the year about his vesting option. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I hate to call people out like that, but you know, and then after the game, you're going to say that you prefer to start. It's not up to you, dude. You know, you're not, you're not Garrett Cole. It's, you're not calling the shots here. You're the, you're the number five or six starter. If this staff is fully healthy, I, I don't really know what else to say beyond that, but I like the attempt at creativeness. You got to get creative against a team like the Rays, especially when you have the upper hand, it backfired. Now, this is what they wanted. This is what they're playing for. It felt like, you know, it feels like they're kind of playing for this thing to go the distance. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, the manner in which the Rays, I mean, look, the one, the number one silver lining here, which we talked about is we're not seeing Jay Happ again. So, you know, uh, bust out your ice cream cake tonight. Uh, have a couple of pieces before the game starts. You're going to get Tanaka. We're not going to see Jay Happ a, another second against the Rays. And if we see him in the ALCS, it'll be if we desperately need him for a start or he's going to come in and mop up garbage innings. Um, and the other thing here is that the Rays bullpen is fairly taxed. Uh, I'm not going to say it's exhausted, but it's trending in the direction where they're going to have problems if this thing goes to games four and five. Diego Castillo, 24 pitches last night in one inning. Um, Nick Anderson last night, 22 pitches in two innings. That's probably a little bit more efficient than most of the other guys. Uh, Pete Fairbanks. 25 pitches in one inning last night. And then um, if you go to the night before, they used an additional four relievers. Uh, Ryan Thompson threw 21 pitches in two innings, fairly efficient, but that's still work. Oliver Drake, 14 in one inning. John Curtis getting shelled, 42 pitches in .2 innings. And then uh, McClanahan with those 15 pitches in one-third of an inning. Yeah, I know we're probably not seeing him again. He's a rookie. Um, but nonetheless, that's seven pitchers used and, you know, all the guys in the Rays bullpen are pretty solid. Um, so it's not like, you know, they were, you know, like what we were doing, throwing in a Luis Sessa here 
um, or bringing in, uh, you know, Jonathan Luizaga over there. So, you know, those guys are not going to get high leverage innings for us. Feels like most of these guys in the Rays bullpen, they need high leverage innings from, especially because, like we said, these starters don't go deep into games. Blake Snell, five innings, Glass now. I, I mean, I wish we, we had the guy on the ropes last night and they decided to give him a very easy one, two, three inning in that, uh, in that fifth, which gave way for, to the sixth for him. Uh, I'm sorry, in the, in the fourth. What, what was it? I don't even know what I'm talking about. Wasn't it the fifth? Yeah. It was the fifth, yeah. So, I mean, um, he, did, he did end up coming out, but uh, you would have liked to kind of test him a little bit more. He was, he was at what? 75 or 78 pitches going into the fifth and they gave him a cakewalk of an inning. It was his best inning of the night. And it's like, come on, dude, you can't do that. You're, you're all over this guy for the first four frames. And then you're going to, you're going to do this and then let the Rays use their three best relievers against you. So um, look, we had a lot of opportunities to win that game and the Rays really pulled every single punch they possibly could. And they took it. So that's why I'm feeling confident. That's why I was happy with, you know, trying something different. And this is what we planned for playoff Tanaka in the game through in the swing uh, game three. You didn't want Davey Garcia in this situation. You really quite frankly, didn't want anyone else in this situation. So unless you were really confident yesterday that you would win and the Rays would fold with Tanaka on the mound, which I really don't think would have been the case because this team never backs down in any scenario. They will, we've seen them rock Garrett Cole this year. Like this isn't anything, this isn't anything new. Once again, if you thought we were going up 2-0 in this series, regardless of who was on the mound, uh, you haven't been watching enough Yankees baseball the last couple of years. Yeah, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but who wanted – let's say they throw Tanaka in game two, uh, and let's, let's – I'll even give him a win. Let's, let's give Tanaka a game two win. It's 2-0 Yankees. Okay, great. Game three is started by Hap, probably. Uh, that's a loss. Game four is now Garcia – you know, with like 10 days rest between starts or 11 days rest. Let's say he looks off. We have to piggyback him with Jordan Montgomery. I don't think that's a win. And now we're back at square one anyway, 2-2 goal in game five. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's been a remarkable streak so far through the first two games. I'm not sure I've agreed with any manager's decision on either side. Um, I don't know why John Curtis had to throw 40-something pitches in the first inning, uh, in the ninth inning of game one. I don't know why, you know, he, he's sort of like the fourth horseman behind Fairbanks, Castillo, and uh, Nick Anderson. I don't know why they just decided to go with their fourth guy in a one-run game, and then after he blew up, allow him, like after he gave up the second insurance run, allow him to just keep going. I would have I would have gotten rid of him as soon as uh, Stant was coming to the plate. With the bases loaded, certainly after walking Tyler Wade, I would have started Tyler Glass now in game one. I don't know why Blake Snell, who we have a better beat on generally, just all things considered, the Yankees perform better when Snell's on the mound than they do when Glasnow is facing them. I would have I would have been more scared of Glasnow in one and five than Snell in one and five. Uh, and the Yankees sort of beats – you know, they ended up beating up both dudes, but they only got three hits in the Glasnow game, and two of them were Stanton moonshots. Uh, so Giancarlo Stanton solved Tyler Glasnow and put runs on the board, and for that we thank him. But I wouldn't say that the Yankees' offense uh, solved Tyler Glasnow in any way. Um, yeah. But you are right. You know, the, the reality of Tanaka starting game three is that the Yankees wanted to go up 2-0. Obviously, who doesn't? Uh, but they weren't able to. Even series, Masahiro Tanaka, the stable force that if you're going to win this series, you have to be able to count on Masahiro Tanaka. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't perform well, then that's what happened. But the Yankees are not beating the one-seed Rays in the ALDS if Tanaka doesn't 
perform up to his postseason standards. So you have the guy you want on the mound in game three now. You wanted a 2-0 lead. You didn't get it. You did battle in that game, uh, first and second, no outs in the final inning uh, with a solid chance uh, at getting the bases loaded with a 3-1 count coming to Clint Frazier. So the Yankees drew closer than I think most expected them to last night after J-Hap struggled, but they did not get quite close enough. And now they are set up to, like you said, play for the distance. Um, If Tanaka wins this game, game four is going to be really interesting. And it's something you can piece together and steal. And I frankly don't know who the Rays are going to start in this game. They are probably going to try to bullpen us. But this is where the Rays losing Yanni Chirinos and Andrew Kittredge and Chaz Rowe, honestly, from their bullpen hurts because they have endless depth. You know, you see a guy like Fairbanks come in yesterday, um, throwing 100 in the night. That's not the closer. That's just a guy who is closing the game. So there's a ton of scary dudes, but they are, you know, they, they went from having an unbelievable advantage in a bullpen game to, you know, an advantage, but a gettable advantage. And that's theoretically what we're going to see in game four. Uh, it could be all over the map. Uh, Tanaka against Charlie Morton. These are the, this is the last, you know, bastion of the playoff stalwarts. These are two guys who have a ton of postseason experience, butting heads. And uh, it would have been a dream to be up 2-0, but they're not going to get. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog. Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with any auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. That chance, and you regroup and move on. Um, but it does, you know, we, we do need to say, um, we watched a baseball game last night in game two. Uh, theoretically, both teams played hard. Uh, you you got to love that. But you also don't got to love the worst home plate umpire in Major League Baseball being a significant participant in this game. Uh, C.B. Bucker behind the plate was unbelievably bad and usually bad umpiring is like the last vestige of the complainer where you're like, my team sucked and they lost, but it's actually this random guy's fault. And it's never this random guy's fault. And no, it's not the umpire's fault that the Yankees lost. But some of those calls that Buckner missed behind the plate in that game, if you if that's not a fireable offense for an umpire on, on a stage like this, then I don't know what is. The, the pitch to Glaber Torres in the ninth inning, after all has been said and done, is I think the singular worst strike call I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the, you saw the entire Yankees dugout almost blow a gasket, and this was this was a trend the entire night. He was not only was he called, not only did he call that pitch high and outside out of the zone for right-handed hitters he, all night. He was and uh, look, I, I am not one to sit here and complain about an umpire. There were many other factors that went into this game that that uh, that affected the Yankees and contributed to their downfall. Last thing I'm going to do is is stick this on the ump, but I mean this guy can't be behind the plate again just because it's it, it's malpractice. He uh, most of the he he made a couple of bad calls for the Rays, okay, most notably that Jay Happ at bat. I mean that Jay Happ, uh, Mike Zanino on the second go around. Um, I mean those that that was an awful strike three call, but that's what he was doing most of the night. Unfortunately. Uh, for the Yankees, I am 90% sure that I think the Rays had only gotten one bad call like that uh, against them. Um, 
He did that uh, on another occasion to Voight on an uh, 0-1 count called an outside ball a strike. Um, he did it to Stanton. Uh, he did it to Judge, calling low strikes too. So it's it's not really anything um, where – it's unfortunately, in terms of the low strikes, it's not anything we're not used to seeing. But uh, we were hoping that the zone would tighten up a little bit this year, not with this guy. Um, and then he screwed Adovino. Adovino threw strikes during his relief outing that got called uh, balls. And he had to get taken out for it. So um, I am not going to pin this on C.B. Buckner. Uh, I just don't want to ever see him again. And I don't think that's an unfair request. And I think if you're a Rays fan, I think if you're any fan of baseball, I think you don't want this guy behind the plate just because it could be your team that gets screwed next time. It happened to be the Yankees this time. And uh, it didn't didn't result in this loss for them, but it certainly played a factor. And we don't want to have to see that again. That's, I think that's pretty simple. I think it's fair. Yeah, it's a bad umpire is never the sole reason you lose a game, but yeah. a bad umpire is like a disgusting icing on a terrible loss mm-hmm. cake. Then the optics are just so bad that you're, you know, you're stewing in it and your your team's down seven four or whatever, and you're like, this can't get any worse. I, I've watched this for four hours, and the the last thing I need is to be angry and not know where the strike zone is. At the very least with C.B. Buckner, we knew where the strike zone was. It was way outside, and apparently like a foot and a half high. That like. That high strike, he only broke out on occasion. He broke it out in the half. Zanino at bat, where, like, you know, half probably gives up two more runs in the third inning if Buckner doesn't call two of the weirdest called strikes you'll ever see uh, on Zanino. And eventually they recorded the third out there. And then that, I mean, the, the, the pitch called a strike to Glaber Torres when the Yankees were trying to get two on with no outs in the ninth. They eventually did because Pete Fairbanks still couldn't figure out what to do. Um, that that high ball that got the dugout to erupt was just like all-time all time terrible optic, not even in the vicinity. He also called a strike to judge at some point in this game as the catcher was tossing the ball back to the pitcher. Like, ball was low, not a strike. Uh, Buckner doesn't move. Ball's being tossed back to the pitcher. The camera angle has changed, and from off camera you hear, huh! and so you're kind of like, is that a dry heave or is that a strike call or, or did someone just like hit a sound effect button in the crowd noise booth and it pans back to the graphic and it's an 0-1 count and you're like you just have got to be kidding it's a hat, it's a hat trick for terrible umpiring bad calls bad timing and crazy behavior like calling a strike minutes after the pitch has been thrown uh calling a strike on a on a curveball that Gary Sanchez dropped and bounced to the backstop yeah Usually you don't get those calls. Yep. And Randy Rosarena is like, what are like, what is that? You're gonna go like, you're giving the catcher the benefit of the doubt on on that of all things. Like, so uh, I mean, obviously not the reason they lost, but you, no one who watched that game is not going to be thinking about CB Buckner the next day, uh, and that was just terrible. Um, but we do need to let's give our team props. Uh, we do need to talk about some positives considering the Yankees are, are tied one one in this series and stomped on the Rays in game one in what was a blowout, but was in fact way closer than that, it, thanks to the efforts of Giancarlo Stanton, um, who homered in uh, garbage time in game one against Cleveland, homered to bring the Yankees back from 4-0 to 4-1 down in game two against Cleveland, in a game they eventually rallied to win, uh, hit a tremendous grand slam in the ninth inning to extend a 5-3 lead to 9-3 and bring Luis Sessa in and then hit two of the most incredible home runs you will see in game two. 
just taking a curveball to, to deep right on a dead liner to tie the game in the second, and then hitting a 458-foot blast that everyone has majestically noted is, is closer to 558 uh, to cut the 5-1 game to 5-4 yesterday and give the Yankees a chance. Um, kind of impressive that they both managed to keep it competitive and not use their top bullpen arms yesterday, by the way. Worth noting that that was a 5-4-6-4-7-4 game. Nobody imploded, and we did not see Green Britain or Chapman. So, honestly, pretty cool. Uh, but Stan is on another level right now. He even delivered some uh, A-plus quotes after the game on Tuesday, basically saying Yankees struck out 18 times in that game. It's a nine-inning playoff record for them. He said, I don't see an issue here. I don't see anything we need to change. We're, we're still in this. We see if we can, you know, come back tomorrow and do it again. Uh, totally felt like the right attitude. At no point in that game, it's 2020 baseball. At no point in that game was I like to strike it out too much. Dang. I, I just want, I wanted them to score. I wanted them to yeah. pick up runs. But at no point was I like, the strikeout is the problem here. It, it was just the fact that they were under the eight ball all night trying to rally from, you know, deficits they maybe should not have been in and, and an unfair position. Uh, but Stanton has been a leader in this series and in this postseason. And he is also hitting some of the most ridiculous home runs of his very streaky career. Uh, so I do want to just throw out that he can't, he can't really look any better right now after looking terrible for the 10 games or so that preceded the postseason. And it's, it's a sight, man. It's unreal. I'm loving it. I am, I'm happy for him first and foremost. Uh, my guy of the series so far is Aaron Hicks because I've been upset with him for most of the year just because he's been not really putting a lot of bat on ball. And if he does, it's flyouts and whatnot. But, you know, so far this postseason, um, he's got five walks in four games, which is awesome. He's got five hits in those four games. He's not putting up a ton of – he only has two RBIs, but he's got six runs scored. And in this series, he's, uh, he's four for six with two runs scored, two RBIs, and two walks. And that's exactly what you need from him in the three spot. You just need him to get on base um, and continue the, the inning for the Yankees and continue any, you know, hypothetical rallies. So um, I'm really impressed with him. He had that, uh, he had that huge single in the, in the ninth um, on Monday night that, uh, that scored Higashioka awesome stuff. He's seeing the ball. Well, he's being very patient as usual. And now we're starting to see, I guess, a little bit more of the results of him um, getting good uh, wood on the ball. Uh, however, still worried about judge, man. He had that home run, but one for 10 with, uh, I think he's got five strikeouts, which is not great. Let me just double check here. Cause I'm on the thing Four strikeouts, one for 10 with four strikeouts over the last two games uh in the in the postseason so far he's um two for 18 two home runs with uh nine strikeouts it's not good Boone's not going to move him down the lineup but that's something I would probably recommend at this point if this happens again tonight uh if he goes 0 for 4 0 for 5 and strikes out multiple times I don't know what the solution is um I know he's not getting he's not getting the tight zone that uh, Yankee fans dream of that we saw kind of earlier in the year when he was tearing the cover off the ball to start 2020. But I don't think that's, we can't bank on that happening in the playoffs, especially if MLB is putting guys like CB Buckner behind the plate. Um, but yeah, that, that's still my one big concern. Otherwise I like where the bullpen's at and I'm totally fine with what's happening in the series. We needed to win game one. We did. We tried something cool in game two. It didn't work. Business as usual in game three. Let's get it done. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, you're you're right to throw Love Hicks' way. I don't really understand why LeMahieu and Hicks aren't one-two. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the two dudes who, who cannot be stopped from getting on base. Can. Um, cannot be stopped from getting on base. Uh, just ridiculously clutch ABs at all times. Uh, having Hicks in the first inning is always just such a gift because if LeMayhew, you know, he's, LeMayhew's great at working the count, but sometimes he'll try to pounce at pitch two. Uh, and often it's because he thinks he can line it for a single or a double. And sometimes it doesn't work. Like yesterday when he just absolutely jacked a line drive directly at the right fielder on the second pitch of the game. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so Glasnow is going to have a seven pitch first inning. Great. Cause he's obviously going to go one, two K on judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having Hicks up, up at the top there is sort of always a nice little gift because he just freaking did his thing and he got class now, you know, and at the end of the first inning at 18 pitches. And that really did set the tone for getting him out of the game probably sooner than a lot of people expected. You tell me that glass now is leaving before the sixth inning is over. I'm kind of happy, not just because of yesterday's game and how it might've turned out, but because that does set the tone for the future relief appearances, uh, both in that game and in the series, we've now seen everybody uh, after two games, the Yankees have experienced, you know, the, the whole gauntlet of Tampa Bay pitchers. They, they do have this stable of guys. We absolutely love the stable of guys. Uh, <laughs> but now we've gotten our eyes on most of the stable of guys once again uh, through two games and we've won one. So the realist in me is still doing just fine. Um, you know, you don't like losing playoff games. It's not fun to watch it. Um, had no fun watching last night's game. It was like five hours of the same thing over and over again. Uh, if I could, I wouldn't. I, I would decline the opportunity to watch it. But, you know, life life happens. Playoff games are going to get lost, and it's about rebounding when in do or die, you know, tons of consequences contests. And that's what the Yankees have the next couple of days, and we'll see what they can do. Um, I will say, you know, Yankee fan complaint, people are going to, I'm sure, enjoy this. Uh, it would be nice to be the Yankees uh, with this current great core and enter one postseason as the favorite. Um, people sort of assume the Yankees are the favorites because they hate us and they like to see us lose. Uh, 2017, they arrived maybe a year too soon, obviously not the favorite in that postseason. 2018, they were supposed to be, and they inexplicably ran into the juggernaut Red Sox. Every player on that team left like three levels uh, because of video room access. And then 2019, the Astros were the clear favorites in the American League. We believed we were ready for them. But that was, you know, a 105-win team. That was, that was the favorite from the second the postseason started. We were trying to pull off an upset. We didn't. And this year, somehow, here we are again uh, with what I would say is a better roster than the Rays. But the Rays have this crazy mojo. And once again, the Rays are the favorites in the series. So that's four years in a row where if the Yankees do fall short of their ultimate goal, it will be because they were the strange mixture of the most offensive talent in baseball, great pitching staff. You know, they were considered the American League favorites before the season started. Then the season played out no longer. It would be nice to take favorite status from beginning to end of year and feel confident in the opponents you're facing instead of always feeling like you're trying to pull off an upset. But that being said, decent position to be in. 1-1, it is hard to complain. But I'm going to try, and I just did. We will find ways to complain, but like I said, fooling yourself if you thought we were going if you thought this was going to be a sweep come on man the Rays I know I know we didn't have Judge and Stanton for most of those Rays games and LeMahieu and Torres also missed time for those but this team does not get this team took at the Astros to five games and and almost pulled it off last year in the ALDS like this this is not a team that's going to go away especially at a neutral site you know it's it's it it, it it's certainly playing into their hand because the trop is a joke um so, uh, like I said, I'm totally fine with it. Relax. Just relax. It's fine. We're going to enjoy baseball. You got Tanaka pitching tonight. The lineup is good. Even with 
even with the uh, inability to get hits last night, for the most part, I think we had six walks. So that's, that's good. They're seeing pitches. They're working the count. If they can get Charlie Morton's pitch count up and the Rays have to go to the bullpen theoretically in the fifth inning or the sixth inning again, that's a win for us. If Tanaka can go six, that's a huge win for us. Then you go Green, Britton, Chapman, and hopefully you call it a night. So we're in a good position. There's no reason to panic. There's no reason where if we lose tonight, you know, we start the panic. We start the panic train, and then, you know, we can, we can start crying and yelling about stuff on Friday um, if we make it there. But no reason to worry going into tonight. Go about your day. Get a nice big lunch. Have a nice, have a nice beautiful dinner. Get ready. Uh, this game's earlier tonight. We got a 7-10 start, I believe. Oh, yeah, baby. Good. So, you know, you won't be up till fucking 1230 in the morning again because MLB just has to do this to you. NFL, too. I mean, it's no different with any sport. They got to put, you know, and these games always take longer. All it takes is one inning where there's... Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. You know, two pitching changes, pitch counts going up for these guys, and the game's extended another hour than it needs to be. But earlier start tonight, everything that we need, Tanaka on that, uh, he's got that extra day of rest, right? He pitched what? Mm -hmm. last? Yeah, so he's got his extra day of rest, his favorite thing in the world. Lineups doing well, seeing the ball well. I know Charlie Morton's kind of a little bit of a scary opponent, but he's not unhittable. He's got he's got the postseason pedigree, but he's not unhittable. We can get to him early, and that won't be a problem. The biggest thing is is that the Yankees are hitting. You usually be panicking about the Yankees if they're not scoring runs. Well, I'm sorry, they they hit the first game, they hit a little bit in the second game, but you mostly worry if they're you know putting up goose eggs or going down big early and then not being able to come back. They punched, they kept punching back in game one. They made game two a little bit uh, of an event, especially there at the end with the runners on the corners with two outs and Judge coming up. So literally, there is zero reason to worry. We can start worrying tonight if things go sour, but I don't think that's going to happen. We're putting on the pinstripes tonight for the first time. It's going to be weird. Uh, They will be playing a playoff game in their home uniforms as the home team at Petco Park. Um, Another reason to feel positive, Masahiro Tanaka not in a monsoon. Uh, that's always the goal. You never want your playoff starters to be appearing in monsoons. Uh, Tanaka is going to take the mound today with uh, not a cloud in sight. Uh, and even if there were a cloud in sight, hopefully Major League Baseball learned their lesson and they'll, they'll keep the tarp on the field instead of taking it off and then putting it back on and then taking it off and then putting it right the hell back on. Um, still salty about, about that. Um, it, it's fun to be salty about wins from a week ago. That's what people want to hear. Yeah. Right? Yankee fans complaining about games they won uh, in the playoffs. Sorry, Cleveland. Uh, but yes, this was this was never going to be a two zero series. It's not a two zero series. Series starts now, and we are ready for it. That is it for this mid series edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Please, please leave us a review. Drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts, and we would love to hear from you. Please drop us your questions in those five star reviews if there's anything we did not address. We will get to it on the Friday pod when hopefully the Yankees have either somehow taken this series in four games or we are preparing for a Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, all hands on deck, crazy wild showdown in San Diego with the Marine layer dripping over the stadium. 
Um, gonna be super weird. Weird series regardless. Uh, it's nice to get the Rays in a place that is not Tropicana Field. It's nice to know you're walking in the sun. And it's nice to know that your guys are working the count, having great at-bats, and hitting even against guys like Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now. Uh, Rose-colored glasses, everybody. It is not that bad. Um, until next time, I am Adam Weinrich. You can find me on Twitter to scream at me at Adam Weinrich. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And we've been having a great time running the official Yanks Go Yard podcast at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there all night again and, you know, most of the day today. So hit us up there. And all we got to say is let's go Yankees. Hey, folks, let's go Yankees. See ya. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.